welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Chris. So excited to be able to be back in with you this week. And as always, we're bringing you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, helping them to be strong, independent women. And today, we've got a dad and some daughters with us. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Mike, Libby, and Lainey that are all with us. Mike Schreddenbrenner is with us and his daughters. We're going to be talking about a brand new book that they wrote together and they are putting out into the world. But we're also just going to talk about fatherhood and being a dad. And we'll see what Lainey and Libby think of Mike as a dad too. So so Mike, Lainey, Libby, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, no problem. Hi, Chris. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Really excited to have you on today. Now, I always love to start the show talking about fatherhood. Being that this is the Dads with Daughters podcast, and I love having daughters on too. So first and foremost, Mike, this question's for you, because your daughters aren't going to be able to really answer this question. So I want to turn the clock back in time, and I want to have you think back to that first moment when you first found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. Tell me about that experience and what was going through your head and fill us in. Well, I tell you, I came from a family of three older sisters. So, and I, I was the only boy. So I'll be honest, leading into Lainey's, my first daughter here, my oldest daughter, we, for whatever reason, we had a dead set thinking that it was going to be a boy. So when we, when we well, I'm just being honest, when we found out that it was a girl, I was at Chipotle ordering food. And I remember being super duper nervous. And it just kind of came over. I don't, I don't know where it started or how it started. I think it was one of my older sisters said, "This, yeah, it's gonna be a boy. Oh, it's gonna be a boy." You know, it ended up being uh, Laney and uh, Chris. I mean, you know, wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world. But that's the way I felt at the time. It, it came on like a like a ton of bricks. <laughs> so then you had Libby too. So you have two daughters. As you found out about your second daughter, was that a sigh of relief because you, you knew what you were getting into? Or how did you feel then? So by then, you know, now I'm a, I'm a proud girl dad at that point. So yeah, finding out that Libby was coming, it was just, it was a blessing at that point. You know, I was just super happy. Now, raising daughters in today's society, I've been talking to dads now for quite a while, and, and many dads say to me that they've had fears. They've got fears in raising daughters, daughters in society today. What would you say is your biggest fear in raising a daughter today? You know, for me, it's just more about raising them so that they stick up for themselves and, you know, that they fight for themselves and that they have a good self-image and that they get involved in different things and find the right things that, you know, that they like in life. So we're constantly trying different things. I mean, that's kind of how our book came along was, you know, exactly that, just experimenting with what's Lainey going to like, what's Libby going to like. I mean, they're both in the art. They're both were brownies. They both dabbled in sports, you know, just keeping their options open so that they're ready when when life, you know, hand, hands them a bunch of cards that they weren't expecting You know, just being prepared for that. Because we know will. Right. I mean, that's that's the way it works. We definitely know it will. Now, girls, one question that I, I want to ask you is this. Now, every person has things that they like to do with others. And I'm sure there are things that each of you individually love to do with your dad. What is your favorite thing that each of you like to do with your dad? Oh, 
Well, I'll go first on that one. I remember even now, but mostly when I was younger, my dad would pull me out of school and we'd go down to the city and kind of do little activities. Like we'd find something. One time we went to go see a play and that day I just had school off. So dad took me down. And I think that was one of my favorite activities. Mine would be kind of almost the same. When our mom would work late, it would just be my dad, Lainey, and I. And sometimes we'd go out to a play, like Lainey said, or have dinner, like he'd make dinner or we'd order out. And I just remember it was really fun because sometimes me and Lainey would get all dressed up so we could go see a play. And Mike, what about for you? Let's turn that question back around on you. What's your favorite thing to do with the girls? And it could be individual things. It doesn't have to be together, but it could be individual as well. You know, it's it's one of those things I just, I like to watch them. I hate to be focused on this book, but it's just been such a big part of our lives right now. So I'm telling you, Chris, I mean, they're getting in front of a lot of people, presenting it and talking with different kids and sort of talking about all strategies and things and it's it's like watching them i'm telling you we didn't train them for any of this they have really good school systems i give the schools a lot of props but just to kind of watch them and and how mature they're they're taking this whole thing and it's like watching a couple superstars so i'm the hype man for the book so i'm not saying it to hype the book i'm saying it because it's honest god's truth it's just it's been a wild journey with them and you know, watching them mature and and do what they're doing throughout this thing. It's amazing. Now, earlier you said that when you first found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter, you were kind of a little bit in that shock point because you were thinking you were going to have a boy at first. Now, as the girls have gotten older, what would you say has been the hardest part for you in raising a daughter? Well, I'll tell you, I went through a hard time. And it was right around the beginning of when we started making the story, the Pumpkinhead Tom and Mummy Mary story. So I had a nerve injury in my upper right extremity. They called it an idiopathic brachial plexus. And at the time I was 38. So it was about five years ago, geez, even six years ago. And Chris, before then I was a kid in a candy store physically. So I was strong dad. I was like, kids are going to jump on me and I'm the monkey bar guy, you know, you hang from. And that's how I identified to my daughters. That's what our bond was. But I had this injury and boy, I don't know if you ever had a nerve injury, but it's a pain. It's literally and figuratively a pain. And it sidelined me from being able to do that. So there was a two year period, two to two and a half. You ask my wife, And I felt every bit of it where I was just kind of searching to find a new identity and how to keep the bond strong. And it was during that time that Libby approached me about making these stories. And when she did that, I I jumped at it because I was like, oh, oh," you know, I was excited. I was like, oh, you know, I can handle that. I can do that. So that was probably the hardest time. No, probably about it. It was the hardest time in my life. And. You know, it's amazing that this experience kind of got spawned or however you want to put it, it came about during that sort of dark period. So let's talk about the book. So Libby, you were the brainchild, it sounds like, of writing these stories. 
And the book that we're talking about is Pumpkinhead Tom and Mummy Mary. But before we talk about that book specifically, talk to me about the writing of the stories itself, because it sounds like you went to your dad and had these ideas. What made you decide that you wanted to write these stories together as a family? So it was actually in my first grade class when people were bringing in these little paper books, just themselves with marker. And it was mostly like just about pizza or dogs or cats. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And when I got home, my sister was making books on her iPad. And I was like, hey, Dad, I want to do something like this. And it was during around Halloween time. And we're one of those people who loves the holidays, go crazy for Halloween or Christmas. And we thought of, okay, so what are the main Halloween characters? And those were witches, mummies, jack-o'-lanterns. And we thought up some things. And Lainey tagged along in the second part. And it all just came together. And here we are. So talk to me about kind of the process then in regards to writing this story. It sounds like it was a little bit of everybody. So Lainey, what was your role in putting this story together? Well, my role originally was kind of like one of the artists. Both me and my dad kind of tag teamed on some of the characters, but my job was also kind of drawing some of the characters and coming up with them. And I think we all kind of tag team, but I also had a part in saying what kind of words would kind of bring together the story and like what the story would be about. So I think that's kind of like my jobs when it came to writing the book. Yeah, and Lainey's being kind of humble there. When she took over the artist side of it and, and putting together the drawings, because we were doing it on printer, paper, marker, and crayon, and then Libby would share it with her class. And we had a really great teacher in the time in Libby, Libby's first grade class who allowed her to do that. So it was Lainey's drawings, you know, that really started to take hold. And once she started drawing, she ended up being our main artist for it. And Libby was what? You were our, our boss, kind of, because, well, no kind of. I mean, it was kind of like we knew that the stories were geared for her class and we knew that she was the same age of of her class. So if Libby didn't like something, we wouldn't have it in the book. She was kind of the main decision maker. So as you were going through this process of coming up with the story itself, the characters, the, and then turning those characters into artwork, you know, how did you decide what these characters would do to create the final plot line that created the arc throughout the entire story so we wanted to do something that would mostly be of your normal life like moving into a new house having babies and being bullied being in school and those are some of the things that happen in your daily life and we were thinking okay so we want that but we want to make it fun So we decided we wanted Halloween characters that would have a fun time, but we didn't want it to be exactly a Halloween story. 
So that's how it all pulled together, and it we just kind of kept going with that process, and it became a whole story, and we have many other books in the process. Plus, both me and Libby listened and read the Berenstain Bear books, and usually some of those books, if you kind of read most of them, they're kind of about other random things. Like, I'm pretty sure at one point the Berenstain Bears went to, like, school or other things. So not necessarily those specifics, but, like, random things in general that you would just do. We kind of just made the characters do them, especially since at one point we did, like, a one where all of the characters came together and they had, like, a little party, kind of. And that's one of the paper ones that we haven't published. But that one, we kind of went with, you know, having a neighborhood barbecue and those kind of things. So more like that kind of stuff. So it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity for future stories. Do you have ideas for the future as well? Well, we literally have 10 stories total. So the original book, Pumpkinhead, Tom and Mummy Mary, part one and two. So there's two stories in there. The first story is... I guess, you know, the people that have read it and some of the reviews that we had really like the message that's a part of that story, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's, again, this collaboration with my daughters, and I think we landed on something pretty cool with with some heart there. So that first story, there's a good sort of anti-bullying message and stuff like that. And then the second story is like the girl said, I mean, it basically transitions into Pumpkinhead Tom and Mummy Mary's life and some of the things that they're taking on. So we made that first story on printer paper and, you know, shared it with their class. And then Libby would come back fired up like, hey, the, the class really liked it. You know, we got to do another one. Let's do another one. So that's why we ended up making 10 of them. And then eventually I, I said, you know what, I should see if I can get this published. And that's how we got it published. Well, it sounds like a great partnership between the three of you and a great bonding opportunity for the three of you as well. And like I said, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for future stories too, like you, and as you mentioned, that you could continue bringing those stories together. Now, is this a self-published book then, or did you find a publisher that you actually are working with? No, you know, it started as self-published. It was one of those things, the kids, they were on a class, I think it was Libby's second grade class on Zoom during covid And I heard the kids on the other side, you know, being quiet and then, you know, listening, which I thought was unique. And then I heard them laugh at the stuff that we thought was funny. And that's where I was like, oh, man, maybe we got something here. So it was literally a five minute Google search where I found Fulton. I wanted to get it out into the market while the kids were still young and we could kind of enjoy this whole thing together, you know, keep the momentum going. So that's the route we took. And here we are. So girls, what has been the the best part of writing these stories? Well, I think in the past, I think the funniest part was when Libby would come home. She'd get all hyped up. She's like, yeah, that's right. I read the book to the class and they all loved it. <laughs> and then I got to leave the paper books in the classroom. And I thought that that was probably one of the funniest and coolest parts in the past. And I think now it's fun to hear that other people are reading it and, you know, 
other people are picking up on it and kind of sharing the message that small, well, not necessarily small, but younger kids and kids can write these kind of things and do these other stuff. And I think that's kind of cool experience in general. For me, I'd say it was the first time, well, maybe not the first time. It was when I was in third grade, which was last year. It was when the book was published. And I brought it into my class, and my teacher was hyping me up. She wanted, she was like, do you want to do a grand entrance? And she was like, introducing Livisha Renner, and everybody started clapping. And when I read the book, they were laughing, asking questions, and it was so fun. And I think that would be one of my favorite parts. And what about for you, Mike? What's been your favorite part? Uh, boy, you know, so two, we had only released the book for two months. Actually, yeah, about a month, maybe only a month and a half. And a couple of schools caught wind of it. And what they decided to do is at the time, again, this is sort of a cosmic thing that kind of came around, but we found out that a couple of schools had teaching kids how to be authors as a part of their curriculum. So my girls and I did Zoom sessions with two area schools. And one was over an entire first grade class, like the entire school's first grade class. And then the entire school's second grade class was in the other one. So, I mean, Chris, it was magical. I mean, just like this is magical, being able to talk with you. But I didn't do any of the talking. I, I maybe talked for, you know, 10% of it. The rest was my girls jiving with other kids on the other end. And because they had been learning this as part of their curriculum, they were asking intelligent questions. So it was like little tiny voices with super intelligent questions coming across the screen. And long story short, and not to get away from things and be too long-winded here, but I made a company just to kind of keep that ball rolling. It's called Shred House Media LLC. And uh, we're thinking and hoping that this year we'll do more of those sessions with more schools and libraries and keep the ball rolling. That's how magical it was. It was like, okay, I got to find a way to keep this up. I love that. And I, I think it's a special way to be able to really to, to keep that bond alive between the three of you. But it's also a great way to give back. Girls, what's one thing that you would say to other kids that have a story to tell and they hear you and they're thinking, hmm, maybe I can do this too? I'd honestly say go ahead. I mean, do it. Because I mean, nowadays, there other than school, I feel like there's not much to do. And I feel like writing the book or doing those kinds of things would be great for other kids to do and you know a great experience especially and yeah I think that's what I would say in general. I would say almost half the same thing and that would be you can do it all you need to do is find some kind of story like do you like Marvel? Do you like cartoons? And if you like those things, what would be a superhero that you'd like to make? And you can do this. Like, you can do it too. And it's just out of paper, out of crayon, um, staples, 
and ask a parent for help and you can do it. Like, that's what I'd say. Sage words. Now, if people want to find the books, where's the best place for them to go? Oh, I'll handle this one, Chris. <laughs> so we're, I mean, literally, you could Google Pumpkinhead Tom and Mummy Mary. You'll find us pretty much everywhere. So we're very lucky that Target.com picked us up. Walmart.com picked us up. The publisher said that's that's very rare. Then we're also on Amazon. We're also on Barnes and Noble, Google Play, Nook, Kindle. But I think also equally important and probably even more so in today's world, helping small businesses and brick and mortar stores. There's eight stores in our area and beyond that have picked up the book for stocking. I mean, I'll, I'll list them out if you want me to. <laughs> but uh, there's eight of them. If you go to our uh, Pumpkinhead Tom and Mummy Mary Facebook page, you'll see the list of the stores on there. But we're very grateful for them. And to stock our book, this little idea, and to see it on shelves and things like that is pretty amazing. Now, I always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. But some of these are going to be for all three of you. So, so girls, I'm going to ask you this one first, and then your dad has to answer too. In one word, what is fatherhood? An experience, <laughs> I'd say. I don't know, maybe. Um, the buzzer's going to go off. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll I'll take a step. I'm yeah. I don't want to sound corny, but I I would say love. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. To tell Lynn, there you go. Oh, you were you were mouthing that. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> here's the here's the word. So yeah, I'd say those two things are pretty much the sum of it. Now, girls, when was a time that your dad finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter? When I was able to actually understand, like. This is my dad, this is my mom, this is my sister, and got to understand how to play those games that we would play. And like we said, climb on our dad and how those things is when I knew, like, there you go. That's where that's where we landed. And it's been great since that. I think it honestly started for me after my dad's shoulder injury because afterwards I swear he started acting different than he usually was like not that before was bad but I feel like afterwards it kind of became more of this special thing and I think that afterwards we kind of all learned how to cooperate and learn you know this is what we're doing and this is how we do it so I think that's when it started for me. And you say, Dad? Jeez, <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> um, at, at Chipotle, when I learned I was having girls, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, immediately, you know, it's so I was in the delivering room. You know, I wanted to be there. So I'm sure other guys experienced that. Okay, girls. So how would you describe your dad? I think someone who speaks his mind and someone who's very brave. He's very outgoing. I think one of those things that's just like, how do you describe it? I don't really know how to describe it. Whatever else she's going to say, Chris, I have to call you more often. Because I... (laughs) 
kind of stuff is not said in our house. So, Chris, you know, anytime you want to come over. <laughs> I'd say how I describe my dad is he's not afraid to say this is wrong. He's not afraid to tell us the things he needs to say. And he's not afraid of that. He's not like, oh, well, you're little kids. It's okay. He knows this is wrong and he knows how to fix it. That's awesome. That's good. Now, Mike, who inspires you to be a better dad? Oh, man, this is going to get me choked up again. But my my dad, oh, geez, I hate to end on all that. But uh, my dad passed away, geez, in 2003. So he was my inspiration. He is my inspiration. So, yeah, I know it's it's like, but he, he was a really good dad. I mean, just a good and kind of like what Libby was saying, he, he shoot you straight. Like he, he had a way to keep you motivated and keep wind in your sails. And there was always love in what he had to say. So that's it. You know, he still guides me. And finally, for all three of you, what advice would you give to other dads? Start telling your kids about their future, kind of, because I know that my dad always talks about money management and, you know, thinking about your future, your jobs, and kind of like how to have a stable future, have a stable life. So I think that's a good thing to start with your kids like obviously when they're a bit older and they can understand, but I think it's very good to start talking about those things because that really gets, I feel like it'll guide into a better life and a better way. Yeah, I say. I'd say that you can say yes and you can say no. And those are the key words. But you need to use them wisely because if you say the wrong thing or if you're angry and you use the word no, but the answer is yes, it could affect what your kids are learning. Like if they ask, dad, is this right? And you're just like, no, it's not. Now leave me alone. That might make the kids think, okay, this is wrong. Now I have to make it right, but it's going to be wrong. I think nowadays there's a lot of people that want to be friends with their kids. And I think that that's the foundation is being friends and, you know, love. But then at the same time, you can't forget that you're the parent. So there's going to be times where you have to parent. And I try to do that. And I try to keep it at a level where we're still having fun and things like that and try to keep the bond strong. And in the end, I think that if you could do those things, you can pat yourself on the back and say you've done a a pretty good job at this thing. Well, Mike, Lainey, Libby, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to see what happens next with your venture. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. I meant when I said, please come over anytime. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more. You will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out. 
at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be